From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Oh, yeah. All right. Before we get too deep here, uh, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. Also, going to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Tyler Romanski, and Hop and Barrel Brewing. If you'd like to be as awesome as that, head over to patreon.com slash blindestudios and become a patron today. All right. And then we also have a store. Uh, so head on over to blindedstudios.com, click on the store link uh, at the top of our homepage there, and you can see all kinds of fun merchandise. Or you can also find it at teespring.com slash store slash blindedstudios. All right. Brian. Yes? What have you been up to? Why do I not think of something right, that's fine, man. the damn show? All right, that's, that's cool, man. If you haven't been up to anything, you haven't been up to anything, we'll move on. This is true, yes. Uh, I drank, yeah, well, I know Bjorn will yell at us, too, right, also. Yeah. But uh, I, I've been drinking a lot of Montucky cold snack. <laughs> what is that? Uh, it is like a $7, 16-ounce six-pack. Oh. And it's not terrible beer. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, there's a tiny liquor store next to the tiny disc golf course that I like to go to in Oak Park Heights, kind of on the border of Minnesota, Wisconsin. And uh, it's good for learning chip and putt, like learning your short game. And I stopped there once in a while, and I always ask the proprietor what's good. And she said, try this Montucky cold snack. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. All right. That's a fun name to say, too. Yeah, Montucky yeah. cold there's snack. A, there's a horse on it that looks like that, that one Deftones album. Oh, fun. Yeah. So yeah, that. What about you, man? Uh, yeah. So me, um, I have like I just I have I have more of a rant than anything else, and mm. maybe maybe like I guess a mini discussion topic. So I I spent the weekend in Stevens Point, um, this week, uh, or this weekend, and there was a brewery there that I w- I will not name, um, but you know who you are. But they're <laughs> like they've been open for a few months, right? Um, but aren't brewing. So it's just a bar now. Oh. Like, all the equipment is there, but it's just they're not brewing. So I'm guessing it's licensing or something. But I feel like I, I have an issue with them calling themselves a brewery and them not making beer. Isn't there one in Ellsworth? There that, is. Common but, Man Brewing. But that's a different situation. That's a slightly different situation. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it, it, it's kind of, it, it really irks me and it irked the people I was with because we were excited to go like try out this new brewery, ah, right? right? I get it. And we walk in and we got just beer that we could get anywhere else. Like, and it, it was, it was so irritating. What kind of, how many tap lines did they have? Uh, like, I want to say it was 12 or 16. That's and they had quite a few. Yeah, and they what, had what they, size system? Um, I I want to say seven. Okay, I mean that'll be a little easier to keep. I mean, it depends on how many fermenters they have, but I mean it's going to be yeah. hard for them to keep that many beers on at that size. Well, too. how about any? 
Yeah. My, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't have an issue with a brewery having guest taps on. Like, I understand yeah, that that's a viable thing. Like, uh, the garage here in town does that. Like, they have, yeah. you know, usually like three or four of their beers on and then a bunch of guest taps, which is great because it gives you, um, you can, you can kind of see the beers that they like. Because usually, like, they're going to put on beers that they enjoy, yeah. and then their beer as well, and so it gives everybody a little, like, that. that is okay by me. But the not having any beer whatsoever, and you've been open for, you know, however many months, and then, like, so we got there, and this was on us. We, we should have read the reviews first, but, like, two weeks ago, um, I guess the owner went through and commented on every single review. Oh boy! Um, and was was like, well, we're gonna we're like, because a lot of the one star reviews were like, "Where's your beer?" Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're like, "May twenty twenty one," and I'm just like, D- uh, I don't know. I understand you know, I wonder though too if it's a situation where they just kind of had to get open. Yeah, no, and I I get that. We definitely went through that. It was too, just it was just disappointing. We just had to be open, and there were a couple beers that I they were fine, but. Wished yep. that we would have had more time, more to time to find them, work on recipes and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's just kind of my rant. Um, but I also went to an amazing brewery, uh, District wow. One Brewing in Stevens Point, and that was phenomenal. You said you had a decent halfway decent lager. Uh, yeah, I had a few of them. That's I had cool. uh, yeah, they it's had good to hear. You know, they had a Bach and they had a really good Pilsner on. I don't know, man. Um, I, and I, I don't remember texting you yesterday, so I was probably very drunk. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was like, hey, more of a reminder than anything else to send to you. And then I almost texted back, should I expect a drunk dial? But then I was like, if I say that, then he's going to drunk dial me. And, and I was, it's not, it's not I was like same. on the way out the door. No, yeah, that too, that too. But uh, I can't remember what I was what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, we I didn't want to interrupt your story. But yeah, we had gone to the garage and actually like saw the, um, gosh, is the brewer's name Ellis? Yep. Yeah, we'd seen Ellis um, sort of like working on his, uh, working on a brew, right. uh, which is always kind of neat. Um, and I, yeah, we got to get him down here yet. I really should have probably introduced myself too, but he seemed busy and I didn't want to bother him. And, and all, right. how, yeah. when I'm at my brewery and people bother me, it's kind of... Especially when you're trying to get work done. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, maybe maybe he will hear the show and maybe he will wander on in here and uh, uh, jump behind a mic and talk to all us. Right. Well, uh, should we get, speaking of the show, uh, yeah. today we're going to we're gonna dive into some listener mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had we had a bunch piling up and I, I like to get or like to be on top of it as I can. Um, and some of this is pretty, um, uh, like, I mean, pretty relevant stuff here. So uh, the first one comes from Mitch, and he emailed us. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, you guys can get in touch with us. Uh, email at either the ninja at blindnerdstudios.com or feedback at blindnerdstudios.com. Uh, you can reach out to us at Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnerdstudios or uh, Instagram at, uh, I think it's just blindnerdstudios on Instagram. Yeah, it is. Yep. We'll, we'll try to up the Instagram game, I guess, uh, go- going forward here. Yep. Um, also, uh, at, since we're talking about Instagram, we got a, a nice, a really nice um, uh, post and message from Not Smith Brewing, um, and really cool message. Personally, he sent uh, to me uh, is NotSmithBrewing.com. It looks like a home brewer learning the ropes and trying to make some good beer, and he gives a shout out for uh, uh, showing him uh, the Brewing Classic Styles book, and then personally sent me a message, which I really appreciate. It kind of 
you know, keep keeps me feeling relevant and, and puts a little feather in my cap and keeps me wanting to to do this to keep my head in the game of the brewing, right? Just in general. So yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So this is for Mitch. Uh, hey, Casey, Brian, uh, and Katie. Um, I was hoping you guys could answer a few questions for me. Uh, one, I just brewed a, bra- a batch of extract wheat beer and want to send it you guys some for review outside of friends and family who get it for free and tell me it's great. Uh, I understand that. Uh, I think living in the same state should help for legal roadblocks, uh, but what is the best way to ship it there as legal as possible and safely? Uh, Brian, you've shipped a lot of beer. This I sh- is probably I ship beer all the time. Um, let's see here. Just brewed, he brewed an extract wheat beer. Uh, it wants to send us. Um, so I don't, I don't think I'll get in any trouble here, hopefully, but uh, I just... Literally, I just go to FedEx because um, they ne- they never ask. At least the one that I go to, mm-hmm. um, I just I. What is it? What are we seeing? What was the actual question? What's the best way? Oh man. Okay, so I've used those foam beer mailers. Uh, you know, dropped a little coin on those, um, uh, and those work great. It's just like you know, foam sleeve, mm-hmm. and you can send a six pack. So those work fine. Um, I've also literally just taken um, that brown packing paper and stuffed the beers in there. I try to keep them away from the wall of the package. Um, I don't think you need to go to the extremes of sticking them in like individual plastic bags or anything. I I disagree. I think putting them in individual plastic. Yeah, because that way, if there's a like a mishap and one of the beers breaks, if if it ruptures because of some reason, then it'll stay in the bag. But if it gets like punctured it's going to puncture the bag anyway well yeah but yeah that's if it gets punctured but mm-hmm. if it if you're sending glass and the glass breaks oh yeah you know because you're 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 thinking i'm cans. thinking cans but yep. but as far as if yeah no okay then i'm on board with that if yep. you're if you're doing that stick them in an individual ziploc bag or yeah yeah and uh yeah just bubble wrap the hell out of them and bubble wrap the hell out of them or like i said though or like i was saying i i literally just stuffed them in a, yep. a box with and i i like to use a, like a tougher box like you know what i mean something with a little bit more integrity i would not take one of those like mailers post the usps mail oh yeah like the yeah the priority boxes i wouldn't do those um i don't i'm fortunate enough where we get beer labels in enough and then these big perfectly square tough sturdy boxes at the brewery and um would would also not use a a beer case yeah Um, and if if they do ask a couple ways around that is uh yeast Live yeast samples, yep. which is totally fine to ship, but apparently not beer. And it's not too far from the truth if you do have some, you know, uh, mental quandary about, you know, lying to the kid that or the person that's, you know, putting the label on your FedEx box. Um, also would definitely avoid the U.S. Postal Service because they will ask. Uh, I would stick probably with USP, I'm sorry, UPS or, or, or FedEx. FedEx. Um, yeah, and then if you're worried about, like, talking to a person, you can print the label online. Yeah, and then they and never ask. Then you just literally just drop it, it off in. and leave. Um, PirateShip.com is a good one that I've definitely used. Like, you literally, you and, and they actually have, that one's USPS, though. Um, but that one, they have, like, cheap postal rates and I mean that's a good one just to ship okay. any like I shipped a guy some some disc golf discs um but I and and here's the thing though is that by the time those discs got to him the box was a fucking mess and so you know be beware of of uh, you know find a very sturdy box uh 
All right. Um, yeah, I think we kind of covered that yeah. one. Uh, so one A there. Uh, what kind of information do you usually like to have when you review beer outside of OGFG? Um, recipe. Um, basically, as much information as you have. So your recipe, um, fermentation conditions. Like if you're yeah. if you're temp controlling or where you uh, like kind of like the rough. Um, where, where it was fermented, what yeast, like all that kind of stuff. Um, besides that, yeah, I guess any other information that you think is relevant to, um, to, to the beer. Um, yeah, I mean, like length, length of fermentation cycle, uh, like from when you saw activity from A to B, um, color, I mean, color, like, Anything. I mean, we can see the color, but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, but write that down. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. And, like anything you can think of that might that might help you next time, and then you know, from from batch to batch, you'll you'll say, oh, like maybe mm-hmm. I wanted to know X. Um, yeah. All right, um, and then uh, the second part here. Uh, one of my favorite beers from last year that I just started seeing again this year is New Glarus Cabin Fever. Fantastic beer. Mm-hmm. Um, this has made me want to brew a Maybach uh, starting ASAP so I can drink it uh, when it starts warming up. Problem is I don't have temper control besides ambient unfinished basement, 62 degrees currently, which is another reason I want to brew ASAP. Can I get away with traditional lager yeast, or should I use something like a Kolsch any other hips or any other tips would be helpful. Um, I'm not caught all the way up, so I apologize if, if questions have been answered recently. Uh, thanks, uh, Mitch. Uh, P.S. I'm currently only set up for extract partial mash brewing. Um, okay, so my Bach. Um, so immediately I can hear Bjorn in in my head saying, <laughs> uh, "Try try Kvike." Yeast. Definitely track Vike. Um, uh, also Kolsch. And also, I was thinking this might be a good opportunity. And, and if you're if you're set up for this, I'm what did he say he's set up for here? Uh partial uh partial mash extract. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, and then I I'm not sure, Mitch, what sort of vessels you have. Uh, but this is a good a good opportunity to break a batch down into one gallon batches and see which yeast which yeast works works, works. but I'd, um, I'd say if if you're worried 62 is great for Kolsch uh Kvike, obviously that'll be a fun yeah. one to if try if you out. if you want to use a traditional lager yeast um use like you're you're in Wisconsin use use our use our our weather yeah um if you have like a garage or something um put it in there and it'll probably keep it it'll it'll bring it lower like if you if you can keep it around like 50 55, like, just lower it just enough. Um, and I don't foresee us getting any super warm days. Yeah, if you do, uh, like, a lager yeast strain, though, you're going to run into, like, potentially your diacetyl rest. So yeah, if you can, you'll have to bring it inside to, yeah, to get the temp to do the de-rest. To go up to get the, the diacetyl j- to jump back into the yeast cells. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, a few different things, but I, I think... For me, it was just breaking a batch down into different one-gallon jugs. Um, another thing you could do is use like a you know the California like a lager yeast, like a steam. Common. Yep, Cal Common. Yep. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's that's about it on that one. We're actually brewing a Maybach, which is what technically the Hellesbach style. Uh, oh, nice! I actually just brewed one last weekend too uh, with my buddy Steve. Did you? Okay, yeah. I can't remember if Katie brewed this. And, oh, speaking of Katie, Katie says hi. She decided not to do the podcast today because she went went uh, day drinking, probably with her hot girlfriend. I'm assuming Allison. 
and Katie. I right. would do that too instead of hanging out with us. Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> her hot girlfriend is really cool, so I would. And definitely didn't get an invite. So <laughs> what the hell? Gee whiz, Katie. Anywho, well, so I wanted to share. I, I feel like if Katie were here, she would be proud to share this. Um, she has her own brew like a girl series. At uh, it's a quarterly uh, situation at the brewery, and she likes to do something different. Uh, but she came out with a Maybach Hellesbach recipe. Is is uh, the brew? Are you guys going to do an episode on Brew Like a Girl on the Hop and Barrel Happy Hour? Probably. But yeah, it's a pretty simple recipe. It's uh, forty nine percent Pilsner, forty nine percent Munich, ten. And then uh, 1.8% acid malt, uh, magnum at 60 minutes, and Liberty in the boil at five minutes, which actually this Liberty at five minutes was a recommendation from, uh, gosh, is it Eric at St. Croix Hops? Yes. Yes. That yes. guy, uh, unbelievable, knows so yep. much. We started buying a bunch of hops from him just because he's ridiculous, he's awesome. yeah. ridiculous and knows everything. Uh, we've definitely had him on the show. So, anywho, moving on. All right, uh, this one's from Facebook, uh, from Joey. Uh, I'm looking into upgrading my electric kettle. Currently, I have the Northern Brewer Gigawort, which is great for extract partial mash, but I would rather do all grain. Um, I already do uh, BIAB in my 15-gallon propane setup. Brew, brew in a bag. Brew in a bag, yeah. Uninitiated. Um, but I'm living in an apartment now, and that jet burner is just too loud. <laughs> oh, really? And they get pretty loud. <laughs> God. Um, was curious about how you felt about the electric setup you bought, um, or if you could recommend something else. Yeah, so I bought the, the Brewzilla. So I, I did, I did a little bit of looking. The Northern Brewer Gigawort, I believe is a three gallon kettle, electric kettle. Um, okay. I'm going to pull it up. Yeah, definitely do that. I, while you're doing that, I definitely need to catch a brew day with you on the Brewzilla. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Uh, yeah. So the Gigawort is a... Uh, four four point four gallon capacity kettle, okay. so not like not big enough for all grain, unfortunately. So yeah, he does need to upgrade, just kettle size alone. Um, but yeah, so I bought the Brewzilla. Um, I believe more beers the importer on that one. Ooh, um, we just bought a fancy mill from them for our uh, pilot system. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, it was like a two thousand dollar mill. <laughs> I'm like, we, this is, we have to have this one. Well, that's a like, that's a big mill, I'm guessing. It's big? not that big. It's it's for uh, probably your, you know, like your two two to four barrel Girl, brewery. Yeah, yeah, is what you know. So your your mill was too big, and then you need uh, well, our our yes, our mill is way too big for that. You you can fit an entire. Sack of grain in the hopper. Oh yeah, it's too much mill. Yeah, or well, and then the other. Well, you've seen the other hopper. Yeah. It holds, you know, a few thousand pounds. Yep, definitely too much mill. Yeah. Um, all right. So anyway, so I have the Brewzilla all grain brewing system with it. It has an in integrated pump. I really like it. Um, I think I did a review on it um, when when we were talking about these electric systems and ev everybody was talking about them. Um, yeah. So I, I highly recommend that. It's so. The Gigawart kettle is, uh, it's on sale right now for $174, um, and then the Brewzilla is on sale for $400. So you're, you're getting a lot more. It's a lot bigger. Um, what I will say is if you have the option for uh, a 220, do that. Um, you're like, because 110 is slow. It right. just, it just, it just is, you're like, cause you, there's only so much power output, like, yeah. right. So if you have the option for the 220, um, do that. Uh, but otherwise I really like it. Um, 
being able to uh, do step mashes and all that stuff is yeah. is really nice. Um, and then it's just, yeah, it just, it makes uh, brewing in the winter uh, a lot easier. Nice because you can essentially brew inside. I got a, a quick message here back from Not Smith Brewing, and I just had said, hey, thank you. I, I appreciate that, um, you know, Bruce Strong. And he said he wants to become a patron, but only if he can be known as Brian Bryanson. <laughs> yeah, we'll allow it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's clearly a nod, as he says, it's clearly a nod to Bjorn. So Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, we have some, uh, some good listeners. All righty. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to add to that one. I do not either. All right. Um, and then we have one from The Hop Stop. Uh, big fan of the podcast. Uh, this is from Instagram. Uh, now I'm a total homebrew noob and have only brewed kits and extract only, so I'm sure this recipe is going to be rough. I'm looking to brew a one-gallon batch of a Belgian triple. Uh, and then they sent a, a recipe, um, and we kind of talked about this. But So this is an extract recipe. Um, it's 87% uh, percent, um Bra- uh, Brees, uh Pilsen Light LME, uh, or liquid malt extract, and then uh, 13% corn sugar with uh, 33 IBUs of Magnum at 45 minutes and uh, th- uh, 4 IBUs of Saz at 10 minutes, uh, fermented with WLP 530 Abbey Ale Yeast, um, an estimated OG of 1077, uh, an estimated finishing out at uh, 10.08, which would put it about 9%. Um, like the big thing I thought on this recipe immediately was um, like Belgian candy sugar for sure. Um, swap over to that. Are you pulling out yeah. Green Classic Styles? Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah. So in, uh, swap the corn sugar for like a um, like so there's a golden uh, Belgian candy sugar. So it's like it's there's there's clear and there's dark and then it's it's like the one in the middle. Um, I really like that one. If you go back and listen to our Belgian triple episode uh, during the Every Style Challenge, uh, that was one that turned out really well. And it was a very simple recipe of uh, Pilsner malt and uh, candy sugar. Yeah, there should definitely be a simple recipe. So I yeah. think you're, in the, <clears throat> you're definitely in the right direction yeah. with this. Uh, two things. One, uh, agree with, I agree with Casey. Uh, swap out the corn sugar for a candy sugar. Um, and then Magnum is great. Uh, Magnum is a, it's a great, clean, bittering hop. Uh, highly recommend. Um, that saws at 10, that, that's nice. That'll give it a nice little cap. Um, uh, in our, what is Belgian strong ale in the brew strong, or I'm sorry, the brewing classics. <laughs> Jesus. Brew strong's the podcast. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I know. Ugh, yikes. Brewing classic styles. They actually recommend a a, a smidge of ye- uh, wheat in in the. Uh, in, in oh the, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. I guess that'll that'll kind of pump the body a little bit because what you're gonna you're end, gonna stretch it real hard. Yeah, you're gonna stretch the body on this beer with twelve percent corn sugar is quite a bit, which and that's fine. Um, but well, and you you want this to be stretched. You, like, you do, you and you're really gonna, want you're that. going to get a little bit of a cider like quality. The body's gonna be stretched. And then um, you're, it says you're doing a one-gallon batch. Uh, I would watch that thing because it is. I would. It's gonna blow off hard. 
That, yeah, that yeah. Yeast use use gonna, a blow off tube. The yeast is going to attack those tiny little sugar particles. Yeah, just that pure glucose. Yeah, and it's going to blow the fuck up. So <laughs> be careful. Yep. Um. Yeah. The other thing, uh, you don't uh, ferment it a little bit warmer than you normally would because you that really too. want that Belgian yeast character to yep. really come through. Col- colder ferment on this Abbey Ale. What is it? Five thirty. Oh God, I've used five thirty a ton. The colder it gets, the less like. You know, uh, Belgian phenolics, yeah, you know, and, and esters will come out. So, the banana and clove, um, or Belgian is, is a better or a simple well, way to put yeah. it. So, yeah, um, but yeah, in 1008, that's, that's pretty dry, <laughs> yeah. No, if it, if it finishes out like that, I think you'll have a really good beer on your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, no, this is definitely not a rough recipe, it was actually yep. quite, um, I will say, uh, like. This is, yeah, it's very simple. It's perfect. Uh, if, if if you are brewing any other Belgian styles, like a lot of them, um, Belgian aromatic malt is... Wow, took the words out of my mouth. I would, yeah, also on this <clears throat> this sort of uh, Belgian strong blonde, yeah. they've, you know, how, it was a half pound, what's the percent? 4.7% yeah. aromatic. Yeah, so adding some uh, aromatic malt in there will really kind of give it that, um, that it'll character. It, it'll give it some oomph, like some more grainy malt character, which yep. I think is probably... Well, and it's, it's just, it's a very distinct style. malt, too. Oh, it's, um, it's so good. Like, yeah. There's a reason why it's called aromatic malt. Yeah, and it's, yeah, so it's just very distinct, and it yeah. will uh, help kind of push that Belgian into or more into it's that. It's kind of an earthy malt character with the aromatic... Yeah. Yeah. Good, um, good call. All right. Yeah. So uh, beyond that, that is all of the questions that we have for today. Yeah. Um, yeah unless there's something you want to talk about, Brian, I think we can uh, we can wrap got, up. Man. All right. That's the music. <laughs> there it is. All right, guys. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnerdstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnerdstudios. Follow us on Twitter at blindnerdstudios.ninja. You can also find us on Instagram at blindnerdstudios. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.